Go to the book of Genesis chapter 26 and also the book of uh, John chapter 4. We were at a wonderful memorial funeral for Bishop David Abbott. Some of you know or have heard of him. Uh, pastor, evangelist, and great man of God had a great service there on Friday, and we wish we could have been here for the dedication with Pastor Carriker and those of you that are able to go. But my wife uh, needed to stay there in Arizona <clears throat> to have some dental work done. Pastor says to go see the devil, I mean the dentist. <laughs> a lot of work she's going to have to have done. So if you have it on your heart, pray for Sister Wilson. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 23. I feel like the Lord really does want to speak to us. I want to try to follow the Holy Ghost here. And uh, those that need the Holy Ghost, it needs to be a top priority in your life. And you that have the Holy Ghost, it's essential that you maintain the Holy Ghost. The flow of the Spirit. The flow of the Holy Ghost. I, I believe it is highly probable that there are several people here today that really need to, to, to dig a little deeper. To take some things out of your well. To get it flowing more. Uh, not only is it good for you, it's essential for you, but it also helps the church. The power of the move of the Spirit in the church depends on the cumulative, if I can use a big word, the, the, the total move of God that we bring as saints of God to the house of the Lord. Genesis chapter 26. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged a well in the valley and found there a well of springing water. A well of springing water. And then the book of John chapter 4. And uh, verse number 10 We were intending on preaching similar to this. It's going to be different, though, than what I wanted to preach on, uh, or what I intended on preaching on Thursday night. The Holy Ghost moved, and I'm so glad that, that God moved. And don't forget to claim your miracle. Don't forget, because the Holy Ghost was really here. The Holy Ghost, the angels of God, perhaps, were here. I know they're always here, but a special touch of God. But I feel something similar, but actually different. Jesus answered, this is John chapter 4 and verse 10, and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest ask him, he would have given thee living water. Verse number 13, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the waters that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And I want to preach about this. Redig, redigging your wells. Redigging your well. Redigging your well. Let's pray together. The Lord would speak to us. Lord God, we ask you to help us. I pray you'd help me. Help us, God, to receive, to participate, to respond to your word. God, we want to glorify you. We want to love you, Jesus. This is your church. This is your truth. God, the heritage you've given to us, a Holy Ghost heritage. And God, we want it to be pure and holy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus, hallelujah, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. The Lord is worthy. Clap your hands unto the Lord. And you can be seated. Redig your wells. In the Bible, the, the Holy Ghost is likened to many things. One of them is a well of living water. We know that a well is different from a river. A well is something that has to be dug. 
Many cities in the United States depend on well water to at least uh, augment or help the natural water or the surface water uh, for the drinking needs of the citizens. Well water has several advantages, and that is that it's usually much more pure than surface water. It is more dependable, that is that the, the level of water usually stays the same. You may have to go a little deeper from time to time. And uh, it also has, uh, it also can be much more refreshing or it is usually cooler. And, and that presents, at least on an individual basis, it, it can present some, uh, some benefits. Uh, there's less bacteria and so on. And so uh, many cities in the United States, especially in the West, depend on well water. Another item, another thing that many people do not know is that whereas uh, rivers and lakes are only available in a small part or a small percentage of the surface of the earth, uh, underneath over 99% of the surface of the whole earth, there is water available. Sometimes you've got to dig a thousand feet, but many places you might only have to dig just a few feet. River beds at the foot of mountains are places where it is easy to find water. And so there is a difference. And when Jesus spoke of the gift of the Holy Ghost, he used the analogy of a well of living water. We mentioned it, and uh, we need to say it again, that water is, uh, has the power to make something come alive. Uh, when uh, the pioneers went to establish cities, they looked for places where water was available. And as the astronauts are exploring with the idea of putting uh, stations on the moon and perhaps exploring Mars, they're looking for water because without water, there can be no life. Water has tremendous capabilities. A lot of things that we take for granted about water uh, that, that give it this ability to give life. Number one, water is, uh, is able to saturate many, many kinds of, uh, of things. Uh, we know that oil repels water and many things that are oil-based, uh, they are repelled. Uh, and, and so water has the ability to saturate, to pass through cellular walls, to pass through uh, dirt that has any pores. Water is highly, uh, it, it's able to saturate and, and doing so, it's able to bring its benefits. Water also, because it's very able to saturate many kind of chemicals, water can easily bring nutrients, whether they are chemical nutrients or, uh, or vitamins or so on. Water carries that ability to pass nutrients from one thing to another. Water also is a carrier of energy. We know that when you put water into a pot and you put a fire under water, that it takes many minutes. It, it, the water will uh, absorb a lot of energy before it will begin to boil. And because of this ability of water to carry energy, the whole weather system of the world depends on the cycle of water. Some of you know that commercial uh, air conditioning is not based on Freon. It's not based on these gases that we use in air conditioning systems and, and auto air conditioning, but it's based on water towers. Because water has this ability to pick up heat quickly and then to disseminate heat quickly. It has a broad range of ability to carry energy. And so the Holy Ghost has many characteristics like this. I want to also say that water has a comforting effect. Water, uh, whether God, I guess God just designed it this way, that flowing water uh, has the ability to comfort. I, I have always enjoyed camping and, uh, and fishing, probably not as much. So we, I didn't have the opportunity as much as many of you uh, perhaps growing up, but just being by a flowing river, being able to put our feet into a flowing river or a flowing stream, and even just being able to swim and then come out of, uh, of that environment and, uh, and, and, and maybe uh, you know, warm up a little bit. Water has a calming effect that also is shared with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
The Bible talks about the waters that flow calmly and that draw the people. Water has a cleansing power. Water, as it passes, is able to pick up things that it touches and, and move them on. And uh, specifically, water has the ability, because of its force, to clean things that go, that go by it. And so I want to uh, draw your attention to the scriptures that in the Bible, the Bible says that God created Adam and Eve and he put them in a garden. And the garden was fed by evidently a huge uh, spring because the Bible said their water began to flow in that garden of Eden. And out of that spring, there flowed four different rivers. Eden was the perfect place. Eden was a place that had an atmosphere that was like no other. Hundreds and not maybe thousands of kinds of food in the Garden of Eden. There was the shade. There was the sound of, of, of animals that, that hid and that, uh, that lived in this great garden. The sound of birds singing in the trees. There was the aroma of flowers. There was the sound of running water. And uh, Adam and Eve were actually made to dwell in this kind of environment because God gave to the first man. He gave him the job of being a garden keeper. He said, I want you to tend to the garden. And so it was God's will to put man in this environment where there was a well and when there was or where there was a, a spring and where there was a river that was flowing and to enjoy this unique, the unique, unique place in the world that he had made. And so it is the Bible talks of uh, water and rivers and springs throughout its existence, throughout from the beginning of the Bible until the end. And just like man starts in a garden and he starts where there are springs and he starts where there is a river. So the scripture tells us in the last chapter of the Bible, the Lord in the new Jerusalem, that the Bible said, I saw a river clear as crystal throwing out from underneath the throne of God. Everywhere that the river went, there was, uh, there was life, and there were trees uh, with 12 different manner of fruits, uh, and it watered this place, and it will water this place, uh, and it will be a place of paradise once more. And one of the final scriptures in the Bible says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, or it said, uh, He that hath uh, uh, no money, come and drink. In the book of uh, Revelation chapter number 22, I'm sorry, I was quoting the book of, uh, uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 15. 55 and verse number one, but the book of Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 17, uh, it says, uh, let me see, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same word again, ho everyone that thirsteth, but that's not what it says, 22, I'm sorry, uh, Revelation 22 and verse 17, and the spirit of the bride say, come and let him that is a thirst come and let him that is, uh, and let him, whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So there is an invitation. Whoever wants to drink of this water, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Amen. Redig your well. Redig your well. And so wells have this ability to create, uh, to create a life in the midst of the desert. Uh, the scripture talks about David, and I'll talk about wells for a little bit. But uh, we are living in a world that evidently, evidently, the climate is changing. I know it's gone up and down. I'm not backing any political party. I'm just saying that some places are more dry. And because it is more dry, there are wells that need to be dug a little bit deeper. There's maintenance that needs to happen. And in our lives, we are living in a, in a very worldly, a very ungodly uh, culture that is getting farther and farther away from God. People are less conscious of God. In fact, many of them are rebelling against God. It's, a, it's an atmosphere. It's an ambience that is becoming more dry and more desert and more parched. Amen. And you and I are responsible for keeping a, a touch of God, a flow of God in our lives lives. Someone say praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to take a little bit of time. I've been taking some time. I'm going to take some more uh, laying a foundation here. And so the scripture talks about wells. A, a well has got to be dug. Brother, let me see. Brother, remind me one thing that a water has weight. 
That's important. If you just don't, don't let me finish without reminding me that, okay? Raise your hand. Remind me about that. But uh, the, the Bible talks about a well of water. So a well has to be dug. A well is something that requires breaking through something. Why is it? Because the water that is below the surface cannot be touched unless someone or something breaks through that barrier. And, uh, and so the Bible speaks of breaking up the fallow ground of your hearts. The book of John said, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And so there's the level of flesh. There's a level of living in this life and just making daily decisions, operating in the flesh, and so on. God expects us to do that. But there's also the realm of the spirit. And to get into the realm of the spirit, it takes a person. Uh, a personal action on our part. It, it takes a response to the gospel. And the work of the gospel starts with preaching. The Bible said uh, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God uh, and that God's word is like a hammer that breaks the rock in sunder. Uh, God's word begins to enter into your heart uh, and you begin to feel conviction. Uh, you begin to feel faith. Uh, and so when you feel that, uh, you begin something inside uh, begins to want to uh, come out. It wants to express itself. It's like, uh, it's like the seed that begins to feel the water. The water begins to saturate the seed and the seed below the surface begins to fill up. The seed begins to be saturated. The seed begins to have movement inside of it because the seed that has all of the design for a tree, it's got all of the design for the plant. It's all there in the seed, but it takes water to make the seed live. Water has power to give life. We sow the word. The church is built and it's engineered. It is designed through the preaching of the word of God. The Bible said that the word is the seed. Everything that is to be in the church can, is contained here in the word of God. But the Bible said it is possible to have the word and not have the spirit. The scripture said that the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We can't just hear the word. We've got to be able to respond to the word and never forget that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth this word will never grow unless it is watered by the baptism of the Holy Ghost when you come into the church and you begin to hear preaching it's not just an intellectual thing it's not just ideas but these are ideas from heaven it's a new world it's a new revelation of what God is doing in the world and what God has already done through Jesus Christ. It's a revelation in the gospel that Jesus Christ has overcome sin and he's given you the opportunity to live forever. This is the preaching of the word. It's the seed and the power of the gospel. And the seed, you can be seeded, the seed is able to break through, but the seed requires water. Amen. When we come to church, a spirit-filled church, a Holy Ghost church, there's something that begins to permeate the hearts of men. Men were made to be spiritual. Men were not made to be dead, dull, and boring, and dry. Jesus looked at the world of his day, and he said, let the dead bury their dead. Can you hear me this morning? We are living in a world that is desert. We're living in a world that is dry. David said, oh God, he said, my heart crieth after thee as in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. He said, my soul thirsted for God. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Hallelujah. David said, as the, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, oh God. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. We are living in a world that does doesn't have the move of God. Every church in this, in this country doesn't have a move of the Holy Ghost. It's a rare place where you can feel the presence of God. It's a rare place where God moves and you can feel the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's got to be a longing in our heart. 
Hallelujah. A thirst in our soul. Blessed are they uh, which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Once you have received the Holy Ghost, I pray that there's always a thirst in your heart to get back and taste of that living water, that cool, refreshing water, that life-giving water, that transforming water. Hallelujah. That powerful water that washes and regenerates and renews. Again, the scripture says such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The moving, the refreshing, the life-giving power of the water of the Holy Ghost, the moving and the force of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost changes us. Jesus said it'd be like a well of living water. In the book of John chapter 7, we're kind of going back and forth here, but I, I believe we're doing okay. The book of John chapter 7, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's an interesting thing that in John chapter 7, they had already been feasting for three days. It was the last day of the feast when people should have been satisfied. People should have had as much food and drink as they could possibly uh, have. But Jesus stood up on the last day and he said, is anybody still thirsty? Let me tell you all the pleasures of this life. Thank God for vacations. But there's nothing spiritual. There's nothing that will satisfy our hearts like a move of the Holy Ghost. I pray that even on your vacation, that you felt a desire to pray. You felt a desire to speak in other tongues. You felt a desire to have a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I never want to become accustomed to living without the well flowing. I never want to become accustomed to a life without the touch of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord together today. Hallelujah. I'm preaching from the Bible today. These are some concepts. These are some things we've got to have in our heart. We ought to be addicted to the flow of the Spirit. We ought to be addicted to the calming effect of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Machines that run without calm, machines that run without being cooled, they burn up, they melt, they, 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 they fall apart. God didn't make you to live this Christian life without the Holy Ghost flowing through you, calming your heart and calming calming your mind. There's nothing that can calm you like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And it said, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The flow of the Spirit, the flow of the Holy Ghost, the flow of the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit, it ought to be in us a well of living water. It ought to be in us a well of living water. Jesus said, is anybody still thirsty? If does, if does any man thirst? If does any man thirst? Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, I'm saying it again, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's not ever supposed to be a one-time experience. Thank God that we can say, hey, so many got the Holy Ghost, but being saved is about the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just so you could say, hey, I'm ready to go to heaven. Yes, but he gave you the Holy Ghost to keep you. He gave you the Holy Ghost to calm you. He gave you the Holy Ghost to empower you. He gave you the Holy Ghost to help you. Don't live in this life without a flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. The Holy Ghost calms our heart calms our heart. I like air conditioning. I've lived 15 or 17 years in Arizona. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a lot. And uh, there's some places I wouldn't live. I don't know if I could live without air conditioning. I guess you could somehow. Amen. But I, the church has air, the church has, if you want to say soul conditioner, I guess maybe that's what you want to call it. There's something that flows through a Holy Ghost church that should keep our attitudes calmed down. 
There's something that flows through a Holy Ghost church that should keep our egos, hallelujah, from rising up and battling one another. There's something that flows in the Holy Ghost church that doesn't make us frustrated because we're running against the tide of the world, but we ought to be able to run cool and calm. We ought to be able to run with purpose, and that's because something is flowing in the church. It's the power of the Spirit. It's the rivers of living water. It's the wells that spring up up within our hearts well hallelujah it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth uh, let me put it where the rubber meets the road hallelujah you you struggle you're dead and you're 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 you're, you're not where you should be because there's not a flow of the spirit in your life the spirit of god is what causes you the bible talks about the hardness of our heart but the Spirit of God is what causes you to be more tender in your heart. The Spirit of God is what causes you to be able to yield the fruits of the Spirit. And so, uh, I'm thinking of various things here today, but we'll go back to chapter number 4, John chapter, uh, John chapter 4, where Jesus speaks to the woman at Samaria. And here he tells her, uh, he, he chooses her, evidently it's all in the plan of God, and uh, she's had a hard life, been married five times, living with somebody else. She goes every day, like most of the women, she goes every day out to the well. It's usually outside of town, and they would go and they would, they would draw from the well. It was work. It was a routine, and her life was full of a routine, broken experiences, and, and she just kept trying over and over again. I believe it was the will of God, and remember that Jesus broke some barriers when he witnessed to these women, when he gave them mercy. He showed us an example of love and of kindness, but when he went to her, he didn't give her a marriage seminar. When he went to her, he didn't give her a prosperity doctrine. When he went to her, he didn't give her some kind of mental philosophy. When he went to her, he didn't offer her a social program. He didn't offer her a loan for a business. He went to her and he said, there's something that you need in this life that you are living. All the struggles, there's something that you've never had. And that if you would ask me, you're trying to give me water, I got something better to give to you. I have something that you'll never thirst again. You'll never have to work like you're working. You'll never be so frustrated. You'll never be so empty. If you would ask me, I will give you a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord together. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This living water can transform your life from a dry ranch from a dry house and yard that's all parched and the trees are dying, the bushes are dead, and all there is is just, all there is is just uh, waste. It's just, it's just sand and dirt. What a transformation water has made to our cities. What a transformation when General Pike went out west to Colorado. He, he reported back, there's nothing but a great basin of wilderness. There's nothing good out in the west. But oh, what a difference when men begin to uh, build canals and begin to dig wells and they transformed many areas of the West into bread baskets. They planted trees like you have done here and changed the, changed the, changed the area into a beautiful place to raise family, to raise cattle, to raise all kinds of crops. The difference was water. The difference was effort. The difference was men who were willing to go and dig canals and dig wells men who are willing to keep it up we got to keep the water flowing i'm going to tell you the church is a uh, an oasis in the midst of the desert there's no place that grows the fruits of the spirit like in this church there's no place where there are miracles from heaven like in this church there's no place where prostitutes and drug addicts are changed into ministers of the gospel of jesus christ like in this church this church is miraculous because the water and the word make us a garden in the midst of the deserts. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
It's not just because we believe Acts 2.38 that we are special. You can be seated. It's not just because we read our Bible so much that we are special. And all of that is good. Acts 2.38 is the gate into the church. But oh, we are what we are because God himself is moving in our midst. Because spiritual waters are flowing through us. And the the fruits of the spirit are here. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And all the beautiful works that are in the church are here because of the water flowing through us. The church is like a garden in the desert. David said, my soul thirsteth for thee as in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. The shade of the church that protects us from from the world and the trials of this world. The soothing effect, the sound of the river, the sound of Holy Ghost worship and prayer. So many analogies, the fruits, the smell, the sacred atmosphere of of flowers and so on and plants. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. The spiritual aspect of the church, we have a different different atmosphere. It's it's a completely different atmosphere because we have a water, a, a source of water that's flowing through us. It's flowing through us. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. We want the Lord to help us. Redig your well. Redig your well. Hallelujah. Redig your well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, just like water is available just about anywhere in the world, in fact, they tell us now that they recognize there's probably more fresh water below the surface of the earth, if you go deep enough, than over all the oceans. It's there. And just like that, the, the, the availability of natural water is there. You just have to break through the barrier. So it is that God is everywhere. God is available anywhere. You can touch God. You can break through to God anywhere in this world. The Bible said in him we move and we live and move and have our being. But there's got to be a breakthrough. The, the, the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? We've got to break up the fallow ground of our heart. We say in Spanish, la dureza de nuestro corazón. Hallelujah. There's a hardness that we've got to break through. Our pride. I'm preaching, redig the wells of your father. Amen. Our pride. Our apathy, I'm going to tell you, and I, I got to get to this. I don't know how much the Lord will allow me to say, but there is a spirit of apathy trying to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost in this church. I know there are some you are weary, and as folks get older, there are battles to fight. And let me challenge those mature saints. Let's keep on praying. We don't. You don't have to shout like you used to. We don't expect you to do all the physical work that you used to, but let's do what we can. Let's pray. Let's not be spiritual. Can I tell you something, Grandma and Grandpa? I got grandkids. Don't let your grandkids take you out of church. Don't let your kids cause you to doubt the gospel and stop praying. They're going to live for God or they're not going to live for God. All you can do is be an example. But don't let your kids and grandkids take away the victory out of your life. When you pray through and you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's what saves you. you still got to do it. Don't let those grandkids or kids drag you away from church. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody today. Don't let them compromise. We still don't believe in movies. Hallelujah. We still don't believe in, in listening to rock music. I'm not going to let my kids or my grandkids come to my house and bring the stuff of the world. We're not going to let them bring ungodliness and movies into our homes. Why? Because we are responsible for the move of God in our lives. The devil wants to stop your well. And there are others here today. Maybe some of the men and young women and young ladies. I don't know. You can be seated. You need to get some things out because the flow, the flow, the flow of the Spirit is not there like it should be. Hallelujah. There's got to be, I was getting this, there's got to be some breaking up. There's got to be some bursting through. If you need the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, the move of God, the flow of the Spirit in your life, the freshness, the excitement, it depends 
on how deep you go and how wide you dig if all you want to live on is just a little bit of water here and there that's warm, that's uh, that has bacteria in it. It's not very deep. It's not very cool. It's not very strong. If that's all you want, you're never going to be happy. But if you want something that's deep and cool and powerful, you've got to dig. You've got to pray. You've got to do some devoting time to God, giving some convictions to God. Hallelujah. I want to invite the musicians to come. I feel like I got some things to say, but I feel like we're also moving toward a close. Hallelujah. Our musicians, if you can come. There's got to be a breaking up. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, there's so much pride trying to invade the church. I appreciate this church. I'm going to brag on this church when I leave. But let me tell you, this church, if the Lord tarries, you're going to grow. You're going to have a new sanctuary. And the first thing that's going to want to happen is you're going to want to start copying the music. It's, it's the flesh of these quote-unquote bigger churches. But let me ask you a few things. I don't want to sow discord, but some of the quote-unquote bigger churches, uh, they're not winning souls like you are winning souls. They become a gathering place. I don't want to throw stones, but we've got to go back to the wells of our fathers. I don't want to, I don't want, I hope I never come back and I find out that Hutchinson is now professional in their singing. That Hutchinson is now not as, you know, old-fashioned and powerful as they used to be. The devil wants to stop our flaw with pride and professionalism. Just be ready, brother. I'm not totally done yet. Just be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You got to dig down. There's got to be some crying. There's got to be some repenting. There's got to be some humility. There's got to be some humility. Well, I've opened up something real big here right now, but I'll say it again. There's got to be some humility. Pentecost, we're not going anywhere if we follow pride. We will never, never have enough. I don't care what it is. We'll never have enough degrees or talent and all of that to compare with the world. When we start trying to replicate what charismatic churches are doing, the well's not going to flow. Let me question you. How profoundly, how deeply can a charismatic person worship God? that is still going to movies and still watching things and still saying bad words and still watching television and still, and, and I'm not being nitpicky, I'm just saying their minds are full of the world. How deeply can they worship God? How deep is their experience? And so I question you, how deep is the well flowing? And how can we take their worship and replicate it? How does their experience compare to ours that we've come out of the world? And we love, we love our families, and we're still, we still witness and all of that. We love them, but we said no to sin. We said no to the immorality in the world. We said no to the sensuality of the world. We said no, and we came out from the world. God gave us a song that just flows up in our hearts. The Bible said when Israel began to sing, when they had cleaned out a well in Numbers chapter 21, that as they began to sing, spring up a well, that the waters begin to spring up, spring up. The Bible said that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And once the well is dug, we know that the saturation that comes through praise and worship, it's like the rain begins to fall. The water table begins to come up. The more we worship, the more we give ourselves to God and devotion, especially when we worship and we pray, we're saturating ourselves in the presence of God. We need time. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We need to spend time worshiping if the water is going to flow. Amen. They, they, they set up a, an army out in the midst of the desert in 2 Chronicles 20, right? The Lord said, you won't have to fight. The Lord is going to fight your battles today. But what I want you to do is put the musicians and the singers out on the front. And I want you to worship. And when you begin to worship, something's going to happen. They begin to worship. And they begin to praise God. And God began to work miracles. And the Lord sent ambushments against their enemies. 
the flow of the, the flow, the flow, the power. Hallelujah. There's, there's, there's weight. This a river that flows is a powerful thing. The Amazon River every second pushes more weight than several uh, Eiffel Towers. The Amazon River pushes out. There's no way you can stop the flow. The flow that's in the currents of water. All of these things, the flow of rivers, they, they clean out. They make canyons. But our, much, of our, much of our power is driven by hydroelectric plants. And there's, there's a feeling, there's a weight in the spirit. It's not a zero weight thing. It's not something that doesn't change. It's something that you feel pushed in your heart. It's wonderful. It's holy. It can cause you to be weighted down with conviction. And feel the depths of, of conviction and despair. But it can also make us full of the power of God. As the Holy Ghost flows through us, saturates our minds and our hearts. The flow of the Spirit, a living water, creates joy that no one can take away. It creates anointed singing. It's like, a, it's like not just, a, not just a something that's that flying through the air, but something that's got a booster on it. It's like when you sing, there's something that comes in your song. And, 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 I, and I've done this. Those of you that are singers, I hope you, can, I hope you can feel this sometimes. The anointing of God that pours on your heart. And as you're singing, something inside is making the song stronger and more powerful. And as you're preaching, the anointing of God is flowing. As you're witnessing, the anointing of God is flowing. As you're going to, as you're in your prayer room and, and that flow of the Spirit comes, you can feel it. There's power in this. There's weight to the Holy Ghost. There's substance. There's power in the Spirit. I'm trying to draw to a close here. Just, just we 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 got it. We got we got to redig the wells. The devil wants to stop your well. You can start now. The devil. Abraham dug wells. He had lots of cattle. <clears throat> Let me just say I didn't preach in Spanish a little bit. Sorry about that. All of you that speak Spanish and you speak English. You got to get the Holy Ghost and live for God on your own. Now, I'm not being mean here today. Everyone, you can't depend and say, this is not perfect and that's not perfect. No, it's not. But that's not an excuse for not having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You got to want it. I'm not being mean right now. We can't expect the world to cater to us. I'm preaching something. I, I'm preaching something that's got some weight right now. Estoy predicando algo serio, algo que es verdadero en este momento. You got it. All of you that have been coming here for a while, and, 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 and no matter what, if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, it's your responsibility. And it's your responsibility to let the Holy Ghost have his way. I'm not just preaching to those. I'm, I'm preaching to everybody here today. It's the devil's business. Let me go back to the Hispanics, okay? I'm half Hispanic. My grandfather came from, from Sonora. Came to work. My grandpa didn't bring the victim mentality. My grandpa didn't expect everybody to do it for him. I know nobody here. I hope nobody here, you're not doing that. When it comes to church, it's the same thing. We're not victims. We got to get in and get this. This church is going to do its best. It's going to have interpreting. It'll have Spanish services once in a while. I can preach in Spanish and English, but everybody here knows enough. You know enough to get a good dose of the Holy Ghost. You said, Brother Wilson, you're hurting my feelings. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I want you to be saved. You got to get into this. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you're from. You got to want it with all of your heart. Nobody's going to do it for you. You got to redig the wells of your fathers. I'm the son of an atheist. All my life, my dad tried to tell me there was no God. My mom was a Catholic. Let me tell you, I paid a price by the help of God. God gave me strength. In all the years that I've lived for God, I've had to get my own self 
When God called me to preach, I had to get my own self and pray more. 16 years old, I decided I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start praying one hour every day. And I haven't done it every day, but I try. I've always tried. 16 years old. Six, felt a call to preach at 15 years old. Didn't know anything about it. My pastor told me, well, a lot of people have told me they're called to preach. I didn't have this planned. And uh, he said, some word, some word. He said, but we'll find out. So we're going to make you work. But I had, to, I, had to, I had to live for God. My mom, I ended up living with my mom again. I was raised mostly by my mom. And she wouldn't give me a ride to church. She said, you can go to church, but I'm not going to give you a ride. So I would jog to church. I'd ride my bike to church till it got all messed up. Then I would uh, walk to church until finally I, I realized after many months that I was this new convert. And the new converts, people are supposed to feel sorry for them. I didn't know all that. And they're supposed to want to take them to church. So I said, yeah, that's good. I got the church, I got the church uh, phone list. And I told myself, self, they're supposed to feel bad for me. I'm the new convert. They're supposed to want to help me. So since I've been walking and riding my bike and jogging to church, I'd, why not just call them up and ask them? I didn't, and so I called them up and asked. And finally, the pastor and his family, they just started bringing me to church all the time. I went to church all the time. I learned how to pray. Learned how to pray. Learned how to pray. You got to pray. Hallelujah. Oh, so many things. I, I, I got to watch uh, some people just, let me, let me tell you something. If you don't know how to pray, you don't, how to, you don't value getting into the spirit. You're not benefiting. This, is, this experience is wonderful. It's beautiful. But you've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that, they, that, uh, that, J, that Abraham had dug all these wells, all this water, feeding his family, feeding his cattle. He had probably thousands. He was very wealthy. But when Abraham got sick and passed away, his enemies filled up the well. Rocks, dirt, lo que sea, whatever they were. He filled up the wells. And when, when, when Jacob began to increase in his wealth, he went back and those wells were, were, were filled up. And he had to redig the wells of his fathers. And so here we are, a hundred and how many years? Almost 120 years. 122 years after the outpouring in Topeka, Kansas. Here we are, several generations past that group that would pray sometimes for hours a day. And they would have revivals seven days a week. And go to bed sometimes at 12 o'clock at night. Many of them, they walked to church. And many of them paid a great price. They were expelled by many of the denominational churches. But you know what they did? They kept the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, in Mexico, Brother Nava and others got, many of them that got the Holy Ghost in Azusa Street went down to Mexico. There were martyrs in Mexico. They grew from nothing. That's such tremendous opposition to the second largest church besides the Roman Catholic Church. 5,000 members. And while they prayed and emphasized the Holy Ghost, they were strong and powerful. Great holiness. But when they began to be uh, sufficient and they start not as much emphasis on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Until the time came when a lot of them don't even get the Holy Ghost. They lost the power. They lost the anointing. Let me tell you, there are times you got to jump ship. There are times you got to say, uh, uh, this is no more for me. i got to have a move of God. i got to have a move of God. My grandmother made that change from the Spanish Apostolic Church. It, it was going down. I, I'm just telling it plain. She went to a good church, and I thank God that's why I'm here. My grandmother won me to the Lord. I got the Holy Ghost in an apostolic church, English-speaking church. That, but let me tell you that every one of us have got to get some things out. Pride gets in your way. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to say, men, I believe we've got to talk to the men right now. Men, you've got to have, some of you, you've got to have a deeper touch of God. So many times I've come to this church to pray. This, these two weeks, this is a great church. But there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's something here, and I, I don't have it, but there's something here that is trying to keep us. It's, it's like trying to keep the Holy Ghost from flowing. It's here. I can feel it in the Spirit. It's here. I know it could be part weariness, but I don't think that's everything. I think there are some people, and God forbid that you're hiding sin. But if you've got sin in your life, you need to get it out. Amen. If there's, you need to get that out. That's right. 
Something is stopping the flow. Something is inhibiting the flow. I know I'm just a man. I'm just a traveling minister here. But I have been praying and I've been preaching the word. I haven't been doing a lot of digging. I haven't felt it. But right now, and I may not dig tonight. I, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. But right now, it's serious right now. The devil wants to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. If your devotion is not deep, then you're drinking shallow waters. You're drinking warm waters. That, that it's just, it, it's yucky. It's no good. The flesh naturally, the earth naturally wants to close up your well. The devil wants to keep you from having, I've been saying this. But it's the devil that wants to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. Men, what is it that's keeping a, the flow of the Spirit from happening? Well, I'm not a preacher. That's, no, that's not a good excuse. I don't know. I, I don't know what the situation is. Maybe you're not praying. I, I, I don't know. I'm not picking just on the men. I, you know, as far as another man to men, I respect all of you that have time, you know, raising your family and your kids and your, maybe your grandkids. I respect all of that. But we're talking about the church. And I stand here in God's stead that there's something that's inhibiting the flow of the Spirit. All of you Hispanics... It's time to make you the, everybody, todos me están escuchando. It's time to get the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, and start living for God. You hear me? It's time to make this your church and stop hanging around the edge. Now, you can get mad at me. Just get mad at me. That's fine. Okay? Because I'm going, and you can, don't take it out on the pastor. He's not saying this. Because I love everybody, and I want everybody to go to church. But there's some weight. There's some dead weight in this church. That's keeping the flow of the Holy Ghost from moving. And all of you, hispanohiblantes, no digo mexicanos, porque no son todos de México. Es tiempo de involucrarnos completamente de todo nuestro corazón. It's time to get in the bandwagon. Let me tell you something. Your kids need to be in this church, and your kids need to be going to Christian school. Let me tell you something. My home church... When I got the Holy Ghost 46 years ago, only had three or four Hispanic families out of a church of like 300 people. Now, over half of the people are Hispanics. Let me tell you why. That's just, that, you know, it's, God's not favoring any one deal. But a lot of those ex-apostolics, a lot of those that we were renting because Fresno became more and more, more and more Hispanic, we won those people. We won those people. You know what? Those people committed themselves they sent their kids to the Christian school. Their kids got a decent education, and many, many, many of them just live for God. Many of them have great jobs. They don't make, they, they intermarry. We, 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 we intermarry. We intermarry because it's one church. We don't, we don't do this thing that we are this group and they're that group. No, 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 we don't do that thing. But let me tell you something. Your kids, your kids don't need to have this deal. We're this group or we're that group. Our, our, if you want your kids to have a good life, Get yourself, you need to be at every meeting. You need to start doing everything the pastor preaches. It's time to totally commit yourself. You hear me? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. You say, you don't know? Oh, yes, I do know. My grandmother's first language was Spanish. My mother's first language was Spanish. I know. I don't care. I know I'm, I'm Blanco, but I'm, I'm, I'm like a half Mexican. Okay, so I know what I'm talking about. Give your chance, give your kids a chance to have a great experience and get 100% in the church. And don't even think about where you come from. Just be a part of the church. Come on. This world, well, I'm not even going to get there. Hallelujah. It's a world that's divided. It's a world that's where this and where that. No, we are the church. The Bible said he made of one blood all nations for to dwell upon the face of the earth. Let's all stand together today and let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Come on, the devil wants to keep the well from flowing. What is it that's keeping the well from flowing? Dig it out. It's time to redig the well. Let's go deeper. Let's go wider so the Holy Ghost can flow. Hallelujah. So the church can flow. So there can be more joy, more conviction, more healings, more calm, more peace. Oh, let's come together this morning. Still morning. Let's come. Or still, it's afternoon. Let's come and let's worship the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord here.
the Lord has spoken to your heart. If the Lord has spoken to your heart. Come on, let's do something.